Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 182 of the Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis, here as always with Sarah Powers. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm good, Megan. We're recording on a Friday, and it always feels a little weird. weird. It is weird. It's like I feel like we're like we cut loose a little more. Yeah. Like, I I really just led into that with a very uh, radio beginning, I have to say. That was... Well, you do. You are. You're radio. You still have a little radio in you. I still have a little radio left in me. Um, I am excited because we are firmly in November, which means we are like staring down the holidays. Oh, yeah which means travel. Uh-huh. Sometimes. Does. Sometimes. Doesn't always. But um, if you're like me, you always end up traveling to visit at least somebody during yeah. the next two-month period. Right. And usually with kids in tow. So that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. And I, I even think travel could be like a cross-town, like, yeah. you know, loading everybody up to go over for the big dinner. I mean, that counts because yes. we're going to be getting into all of that. Yeah. So like all the tricky stuff with, you know, that very public parenting that happens when you're not just in front of strangers, but in front of the people that matter to you, but Mm -hmm. maybe don't parent the same way that you do, or you feel self-conscious. And your kids are all out of whack. Yes. There's sugar. There's always sugar. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite Factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. 
Listeners head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, this is going to be fun. Um, I'm excited. All right, so we're. I had to use my little tongue in cheek. We're going over the river and through the woods, but maybe not to grandmother's house. It could be to anybody's house. Um, I think the reason we're focusing on being somewhere else. I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot of holiday challenges that come with parenting, and we've got like a month and a half of holiday content coming for you guys. So this is not. We're not going to cover everything. We are going to cover heading to grandma's house or wherever you're going. And Megan, I thought it might be kind of fun to use our old favorite way to talk about things, which is things we shouldn't have freaked out so much about when our kids are babies. Um, And we have a few episodes where that's the whole theme, but maybe just for the next little bit. And I'm going to extend that a little bit to toddlers, babies and toddlers. Oh, totally. Yeah. Just in the little years. So when it comes to traveling with kids or heading over to family gatherings for with kids, even if you're not traveling long distances, what are some things that you spent a lot of time fretting about back in the day? Well, you know that public parenting has always been a trigger for me, right? Yeah. And so again, it's like being in your in-laws space or your parents' space or yeah. your sister or brother or friend, really good friend's space. Like all of those normal public parenting pressures are so magnified. And for me, the way that those tend to come out were two things. I kind of thought about this and I realized that they centered around two things. One was uh, misbehavior and manners. Mm-hmm. And Sometimes those were separate and sometimes those were the same. Like mm-hmm. misbehavior could be anything from a you know, kid throwing things or yeah. throwing a fit at dinner or whatever. And manners is sort of a little more like, um, what's the word I'm looking at? Like a proactive, like, are they going to say thank you? Yeah. Are they going to yes. use the, their napkins correctly yes. at the table? And that's something that you know, I worried about before it was even appropriate to right. worry about. You know, right. I worried about it before the kid was even able. Before anyone would expect um, a child to have exactly. good manners. Yeah. And then the other one was just me parenting in a way in front of other people that I was comfortable about. I will say that became a lot easier as my other relatives started having kids. And I realized that like, you know, I wasn't maybe as different as I thought, or like people weren't paying that close of attention to what I was doing anyway. You know, as I got more confident, that became less 
right. trigger. Well, you actually, oh, yeah. it would be good for you to kind of paint the picture when you had your first babies. Like, what were the situations where you were um, bringing little kids into? And like, yeah. who else had kids? Like, what did that look like? What was the family dynamic? Well, my sister had three at okay. that point, And they were, you know, so they were all, had. she'd already kind of done it. Yeah. In my family. And so that was easy. Like, and taking them to my parents' house was fine. Um, my, none of my kids had had, or none of my friends had had kids yet. Okay. So taking them to like gatherings where there was people who, um, you know, were more like my young friends who at yeah. that point were all in college. That was harder, Yeah. you know, cause I wasn't sure what people thought. And then, um, John's family, he was the first to have kids on his right. side. So none of the, neither his brother nor sister had kids and his parents, you know, hadn't had babies for a long time and things had changed. And yeah. so I, those were the part it was, it was, that was difficult. And because I, sometimes would read into things that weren't there mm-hmm. and read in criticisms that weren't there. And then sometimes there really were criticisms. And yeah. I think when you're still figuring things out, it's very easy to take those things to heart. Yes. And so, yeah. And one other thing I wanted to mention, and I know, um, Sarah, this, I, I'm going to guess we probably both have this, although it probably manifested differently. Yeah. I had a real hang up about people thinking I wasn't being conscientious. Mm. And one of the ways mm-hmm. that that came out Two ways, actually. I'm thinking about like crying babies. That was okay. one. Yep. Um, people not thinking that like I would think things through for yeah. their comfort, I uh-huh. guess. And then the other one would be sickness. And that's so tough when you've got Ugh. a baby who's got those like perma snotty noses yes. and you're like, well, we, I know they're getting over a cold, but what yes. if everyone else thinks I'm bringing right. a big germy? So I would feel the need to really apologize maybe too much when yeah. if I had just said, hey guys, I know they've got a runny nose, just so you know, they're fine. Like, I know. I, and I can that totally was a big relate to that. Yeah. I can totally relate to that. Oh, well, a couple of the things that came up for me, one was in terms of like what I freaked out about at the time. Um, One I've talked about before, and that was like, I just spent a lot of time trying to replicate our home routine wherever we were going to Mm. to an absurd degree and down to silly things. Like a couple of things I remember about traveling with like my first baby was like, doing a really awkward bath in a sink before bed when it was already past bedtime, but I had it in my mind that like a bath Mm. had to be part of the bedtime routine. Do you know what I mean? She wasn't dirty. It wasn't a fun bath. We were like either in a hotel sink or like my (laughs) mother-in-law's sink. And it was like, we just had to do a bath because that's what we did at home. And what I I guess I thought she would never go to sleep without a bath. I don't know what I thought. And I think new moms can relate. Like if you haven't tested, you work so hard at home setting up this structure and the routines, and if you haven't tested it outside the home, there's this like kind of psychotic need to <laughs> like replicate it wherever you go. And the holidays just ramp that up because there might be late nights, there might be long dinners. And so even more well, so than traveling, maybe like for a summer vacation or something. And I want to say I've actually read that advice in parenting articles before that you should replicate your home routine as much right. as you can. And I think what that overlooks is that there's nothing it's nothing like your home routine you're in a different, like babies yeah. aren't dumb. Babies you know, aren't you're, dumb. You're in a different place. Your sleep schedules, no matter how closely you try to stick to your nap schedule, it's still not the same. And it's not their home. Do you know what that advice does is it makes moms feel bad because yes. here's what, if you took a baby or a toddler somewhere and they got really dysregulated and like missed a couple of naps, you, your natural instincts is you're going to say, okay, well, we need to like have an early bedtime or like right. chill out for a day. You're going to do that anyway, because you're a conscientious mom telling you ahead of time that you, you've got to somehow like prevent that from happening by sticking right. to the home routine. That just puts all the pressure on you. Doesn't allow you to have any fun on yeah. said adventure. And like we talked about a million times, the kids may or may not, like some kids are more flexible than others, and you just really don't know what's going to kind of set them off. So yeah. 
it's okay to like try. I just, I have a hard time doing things at like 65% as we know. So I just, I spent a lot of time. Another thing I did, and I feel really bad about this is I had kind of a a pretty well-trained sleep through the night baby. Allegra was about eight months, her first Christmas. So she'd been sleeping through the night for a few months. We'd kind of gotten on track by about six months old. And, you know, we did some gentle sleep training and I thought I knew everything. And I, um, we flew all the way across the country. She had a runny nose. She would like traveled all day. And I thought I put her to bed and she woke up crying in the night and I could have gotten up and nursed her. And I didn't, I just let her cry like we would at home. And like, looking back, I think, God, like get her out of the bed and just take her to bed with you. It's not going to like break all of the sleep training you've done. But in my mind, and I remember laying there next to the pack and play kind of shushing and like doing all this sleep training stuff we'd done at home but I shouldn't have been doing that in an attic in Connecticut. I should have just, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was so, it was so to an absurd extreme of trying to stick with whatever we'd come up with at home. So that was one thing that, um, a couple other things. Well, and I sort of jump in there really quick and say like, I, what the pattern here. And I, and I later in the show, there's another couple of things that I sort (laughs) of, um, point out that this always, the burden always unfairly comes down on mom. Almost always. Yep. And because I don't, I bet you Brian wasn't doing that. Nope. No, nope. he wasn't. He was sleeping. He was not. He was asleep. And I remember, you know, I think when I finally kind of gave up the idea and I was on the other end of the spectrum where I got so relaxed about vacations and stuff that we threw like everything out the window and yeah. just picked it up when we got home. But we were a little more relaxed about the stuff yeah. anyway. But the reason that was, is I remember, and I can't now remember if it was Jacob or Isaac, but I wanted, I think it was Jacob. I think it was the first kid. I remember a Christmas party or some family gathering that I essentially did not participate in mm-hmm. because I wanted to keep the naps the way they were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say it was Jacob. Let's just go with that. Okay. He's a baby. He was old enough to be paying attention. Mm-hmm. So like eight, nine mm-hmm. months. And I don't remember what the family gathering was, but I remember spe- like spending hours trying to get him to go to sleep and he can hear the party. Yeah. Yeah. He knows his older cousins are all in the yeah. other room playing and yeah. the, all the adults are in the other room having fun. He's not going to go to sleep. Right. He would have been much more likely to go to sleep if I'd taken him out. Yeah. Held him. Given Strapped him, his him binky, in a carrier. Whatever. Yeah. Yes. And just like, and maybe passed him around the table until yeah. he zonked. But because he knew I was trying to keep him from it. Yep. He wouldn't sleep. And then it became like this thing where I was anxious and stressed and I just wanted him to fall asleep so bad so I could get back to yeah. socializing. And he wouldn't. And then I think he was picking up on my attention. And like, I just remember feeling so like weepy. Like I remember sitting there crying because I was so isolated and you're already like, I know when I had little kids, I looked so forward more than I do even now to those family get togethers because man, I was just like lonely (laughs) and I really wanted to see my adult people and get out and have fun and, you know, play cards and have a drink maybe. And like all this other stuff. And like, it's like, you can, it's torture. Like you can hear it all happening in your you're separate. I mean, it. as you're talking, I'm thinking we could literally stop this entire episode right now if we could convince moms to go into these holiday gatherings with your own happiness as a priority. It yeah. sounds so simple, but like we don't do that. And then the kids are fine. The kids will be fine. Whatever you think is going to happen may or may not happen, but they're going to be fine. And yeah. we do this like, like I'm just picturing you in there and I've so been there. I've spent so many I'm a little bit more of an introvert than you. So I will admit that sometimes I was kind of glad to be nursing a baby, but still I've spent so much time by myself at family gatherings for various reasons. And if that's not what you want to be doing, like prioritize your own enjoyment of said gathering. If you want a break, use the baby as an excuse because they make great excuses. We'll we'll get into that later too. (laughs) Um, But yes, I totally agree. And I think that that, and thankfully 
I think that was the last time I did that. And after that, yeah. I was just like, screw it. I'm not doing that anymore. And then after that, they were delightful. Yeah. Um, sometimes there was a little meltdown. Sometimes the baby was crankier at bedtime. But I was happy because I my cup got Your filled. cup was full. Exactly. Yeah. You didn't get to that cranky next day nap. And then you were like extra bitter because right. you also hadn't enjoyed the party. Yeah, totally. Right. Um, oh, well, something else I wanted to mention that I just over worried about was like packing. It's kind of like packing for the hospital. Like you think that you're going to need everything in your hospital yeah. bag when you have a baby. And same thing, like when the first time you head somewhere with a new baby, especially during the holidays, I feel like I needed to pack or ship from Amazon everything I could possibly <laughs> need, including like a thermometer in case they get sick and like yep. various like diaper creams. And so yeah. just remember that there's most likely a Target or a gas station or, or a 24 hour like Walgreens on the corner, exactly. like half a block away. Yeah. And <laughs> so. I, just going back to like your own enjoyment, if that kind of obsessive packing is taking away from just general life enjoyment, don't don't you don't need to do that. Like it'll yeah. all it'll all be fine. Um, anything else that you freaked out about? What about like actually in the situations, like in the, at the dinners, at the parties? That's, I think when the misbehavior and manners yeah. thing was, was hardest for me. And I want to talk, unpack that a little bit. I yeah, mean, let's do. I think that, um, misbehavior, those are two different things that they both fall under that umbrella of, am I doing it right? Yep. Um, if my kid misbehaves, I evidently am doing it wrong. And if mm -hmm. my kid doesn't have good manners, I am evidently doing it wrong. And I think, I think that the way the way I kind of, I'm going to start with manners that mm -hmm. I sort of evolved into is like just a quiet, gentle reminder to everyone like napkins and laps, mm -hmm. just kind of understated. And then I would keep an eye on everybody, but I don't know how this happened, Sarah. And, and I'm not sure if it was always this way. And I've just recently noticed, but I've noticed that my, like the family kind of keeps an eye on me when we're eating out. Mm. And I, all I sometimes mm -hmm. have to do is look at someone and just shake my head. You're like a mother duck or something. <laughs> it's really weird. And I know the big kids don't. Yeah. I mean, but like, you know, I can tell when we're out eating, like that sometimes Claire will glance at me. And if she's doing something like that, yeah. I would disapprove of. I can just kind of just shake my head or kind of like I can look at I can like look at her cup and like she'll move it. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just gotten really weird. But I think maybe it's because for so long I just did stuff like I'd be like, mm -hmm. oops, let's move this glass. Looks like mm -hmm. you might knock it over. Oh, you know, like, let's not slump on the table. And I think just like two decades of repeating those things mm -hmm. over and over sunk in on some cellular level. And it sounds like you do it from a place where you're able to be fairly relaxed about it, at least yes. now. Like maybe you weren't there. then. But yeah, and I think I faked it. I think I never was that. I think at the beginning I was not relaxed about it, but I, I didn't want to come off as being super unfun or right. like you know what I mean so at that point it was almost an act like oh let's I'm gonna be yeah. Mary Poppins yeah. about this yeah and then over time I just became Mary Poppins so I want to say something about manners because uh partially because I am a west coast girl married to a New England boy yes, very different um and so I would say that like this is a good time to think about like <laughs> what is your personal definition of manners in your family and if you have like a one and a three-year-old you could define that all you want. They're not going to stick yeah. to it. But it is worth thinking about because um, I feel like we sometimes if we're in someone else's house, we not only like hope our kids will meet the baseline we've set, but then also maybe there's this like I have felt at times um, almost like a gap in my own understanding of manners because, you know, the Northeast and the Southern California are very different mm -hmm. in terms mm -hmm. of expectations. So I think getting comfortable with like whatever you've decided are suitable manners in your family. And I know that when we're a guest in someone's home, like you're supposed to, when in Rome, you're supposed to yeah. kind of like step up, but don't, don't hold yourself and your kids to that 
degree to the degree that you're driving yourself crazy. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think most families are not going to judge little etiquette slips here and there if everyone's doing their best. I mean, maybe yes, I'm being Pollyanna about it, but I agree. And like, you know, I still don't know which fork to use half the time. If I'm right. if I'm faced with more than one, I think I start from the outside. You think you? Oh yeah, that's what I've heard. Can I tell a really quick funny story? Yeah, of course. We were we were out to dinner this summer in Rhode Island with my New England relatives, and um, Brian's sister has a four year old now, um, who had to sit. So the kids all did great. My three kids, and she was three and a half, and then there was a baby. Everybody did great at a fairly fancy restaurant. And once everybody was done, I mean, I think we were even paying the check. It was at the very very end. My kids were standing up and they were just sort of like, they weren't running around by any means, but they were kind of standing up at our shoulders. I think we were coloring together and I was letting them move lightly around the end of the table. And at the other end, Madison was not allowed to get out of her chair because the meal wasn't over. And that was just an example of like, at this point in my life, I was comfortable that I had okayed that. My kids had all sat for the meal. They had sat to yeah. eat. Nobody else was eating. We were getting ready to go. But their cousin had to sit. And I could tell she was looking at her mom like, why are they up? And we just, exactly. It was just like, I don't know, West Coast, East Coast. Like, yep. it is what it is. But that's taken me 10 years of, you know, of being comfortable with like, well, maybe I'm being perceived as rude, but I think it's okay for us right now. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a difference between kids quietly you know, milling about at yeah. one of the table and running up and down right. and throwing food and yes, starting which stuff. And we not, all know yeah. that there's a minimum level of acceptable. Yeah. And then there's, you know, what 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 do we need to get happily through this meal or this situation? Exactly. Right now? Like I would rather yeah. have them like walking around the end of the table than sitting in their chair and screaming, which might right. have been <laughs> throwing things. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, exactly. I feel like did I cut you off there about oh behavior. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Behavior. So, you know, that's the other side of that kind of that manner coin. And yeah. that's something where uh, I I can't say that I like I solved it. I don't think I did. I think we just outgrew the point. It. We just weathered it. We outgrew it. We out like I think that I just and and misbehavior also can kind of tie in with your parenting style. So when they're a baby, you don't they don't misbehave, but you have to deal with them. Right. Deal with their crying if and if you're yep. your mother or your mother-in-law or your aunt or whatever don't believe in picking up a crying baby or do believe in picking up a crying baby or whatever it is that's different from what you are wanting to do. I think there's so much pressure to like change and yeah. then, and then you can feel really resentful about yeah. that. So I, I wish I had like a solution. Right. <laughs> I think that I just tried as best I could to do what I wanted to do. And, and we have some solutions for this later too, but yeah. like, and just retreat when you have to, like, yeah. just, you know, just, it'll get better at some point. Your kids are going to be old enough that they might be misbehaving, but they're probably going to be doing it at least not in front of everybody. Right. Yes, <laughs> you know? that is true. <laughs> so, it will get better if you write it out. The other thing I wanted to say is especially to like toddlers and preschoolers really feed off of your energy. So if you're really ramped up and like maybe if you're like me, you tend to want to control more. Yeah. But if you pull in and start to like kind of tensely try to control their behavior more, that that could very well backfire. And now yeah. they're sensing that you're not like mom's not the same mom as normal at home yeah. and that could actually kind of spiral into worse behavior. So whatever, whatever you can do, like we talked about, like fill your own cup, literally figuratively yeah. <laughs> by just, you know, ha- ha- taking some breaks, having some time to relax, because as soon as you make your job controlling everybody else's behavior, you've set yourself up for a not fun gathering. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about that sickness thing really quick. Yeah. Sarah. Like what has been your solution or how, how, um, 
careful are you about taking not taking or taking a kid like everybody has got it like my family on my you know my siblings mm-hmm. are basically like unless your kid's actively throwing up bring them yeah and nobody cares and and part of that's because none of us have had kids like who've ended up in the ER a lot. Right. We don't have kids who are particularly prone to stomach bugs. Right. I know other families who are much more restrictive because they've got kids who get every single sickness or yeah. maybe they've got someone who's immunocompromised or yeah. maybe they've got an old person in the house. And yeah. so that's not really been a thing on in my family. But I know there's even there's been times when I've still been like around gatherings and felt like I had to apologize for the boogers in my kid's nose, yeah. even though I know that they're fine. So yeah. I'm wondering how like where do you draw that line? Yeah. I mean, I think I always, I try to prioritize whoever has the youngest baby or the oldest person. And, and like you said, sort of gauge, like how much of a life or death situation is this last year? So my sister's baby just turned one. So last Christmas she was about eight weeks. And so obviously she hadn't, you know, she hadn't even had any shots yet. Like definitely still in the newborn stage. Luckily my kids, none of them were super sick, but we were pretty careful. I mean, at yeah. one point, like the kids all held the baby the first couple of days and then, you know, it was Christmas break. Everyone had been passing around. Nobody was actively sick, but I would, right. I wouldn't say anybody was like actively healthy either. Yeah. And after a while, I, I don't know who said it first, but we said, you know what? We're just not going to have the kids hold the baby. It's yeah. because they and don't know how sense. to like not put their face in her face and right. stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to think of like, have you ever just not gone to something because of a sick kid? I don't think so. I don't so. think I don't think we ever had it either. I don't think so, but you, most of my gatherings involve some amount of travel, except for yeah. a few a few Arizona years where we just went up the hill. But then then it was just my parents, so they didn't care. Um but anything that involved like really extended family, it would involve like kind of a long travel. So it's hard not to So but you wouldn't even know. You wouldn't you wouldn't know. I mean, yeah. And and maybe you try and keep the baby a little bit farther away from people, but I yeah. don't know. I I mean, I d- I've had Plenty of people vomiting at my house. <laughs> um, I've had kids who vomited at other people's houses because you yeah. don't know that it's coming and then it happens. And yep. what are you supposed to do? It's like, you know, it's it's 10 o'clock in the night and or in the evening and it's in the winter and it's snowing and you're miles, hundreds of miles from yeah. home. I mean, you don't always have a lot of options. I think the way I feel about germs and and the spread and the contagion is most of the time we're spreading stuff before we know it. We don't. So that means two things. One, like preventive is really good. Washing your hands, like not, you know, coughing into your elbow, all the preventive stuff. Once somebody's sick, the likelihood that you've infected people is all, it has already happened. So at that point, it's just about using common sense and like not putting someone with a high fever right in the middle of a bunch of other people. But other than that, the damage has been done. So I, I, I don't know. I guess that's how I look. Yeah, at it. no, I I totally agree. Like it's almost too late, and I, and I will also say like that doesn't mean you are not careful or like don't do anything foolish. Yes, like, I wouldn't bring a kid who was puking on a plane or something right. like that. But like, and I also will let the host kind of determine. Mm-hmm. Like I've called Agreed. people before and said, just so you know, you know, um, Claire's not feeling super great. I think she's probably okay. We're leaving in the morning. Is it is it cool if I bring her? And almost always the answer has been yes we'd want you here yeah we'll figure it out when you get here maybe yep. we'll quarantine you yep i will say we had a little rash you know how we had my family had four babies in one year so the year owen was born right um there were three other babies born that oh same gosh. year and i can't remember i think he was like two the year they were all like two or three this <laughs> two gatherings in a row was crazy illness oh. like spread through the family both times, but there was no patient, there was no patient zero that we could ever identify. Yeah. It was really yeah. weird how it happened. <laughs> and at one time it was at my aunt Paula's house and we called that the, um, 
Apollaba virus <laughs> because it just like happened like so fast and everyone got so sick. And I actually had already gone home, but got sick that night. So like I had oh, just gotten wow. home and everyone who's left at my aunt's is like barfing and like they just basically like closed the house down for three days. And, and I was at home, you know, sick. Yeah. Um, I think actually all the adults got sick and the kids didn't. Which oh, was interesting uh, at yeah. that one. And then there was a Christmas or New Year's Eve where like all the kids got sick and there were multiple kids throwing up and nobody ever knew. Yeah. Why we couldn't identify who brought it to us or who yeah. caused it. We were only all together for like one day. Oh my gosh. And so it just, who yeah. knows, you know, but it happens and you know, now it's a funny story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, uh, yeah. And if you think about it with the newborns, like the really vulnerable ones, you only have to get through like that first winter, hopefully. And then yeah. things just feel a little less dire. A little less fraught. Yep. Yeah. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. All right. So let's, let's just dig into this further. Um, okay. What are some other challenges and maybe some solutions we have for all of this? Do you have any yeah. place you want to start? I, I do have a couple that I haven't even talked about yet. Yeah. No, get into the ones you haven't talked okay. about yet. So one thing that has happened to me and I think is really common is when kids do not warm up to relatives right away oh, or yeah. like in the way that 
you've put pressure on yourself. So, I mean, we've talked about kind of some of the stressors. One of the fun parts of being out together is showing off your adorable baby and right. and kids to people you love. And they're so excited to see them. And if you have long distance relatives, this is like, there's a lot built up into this. And then you add holidays and gift giving and meals. And it's like, whoa, it's like a lot of pressure for both you and the kids. So I don't know, Megan, if you have any memory of, I have lots of memories. I had a very, we just talked last week about my first child being very slow to warm up and reserved. Um, I have had kids who, you know, don't want to go play or hang out with grandma or grandpa or who... Um, or their cousins sometimes, or, or like yeah. other kids who are there. Yes, yeah. um, actually, uh, yeah. that yeah, totally uh, with cousins. We're we're still new to the cousin game, but Violet and yeah. Madison, the first time they got together, they're about a year and a half apart, and yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I you know, and honestly, I would say we we go through that on at casual gatherings. I mean, there are still yeah. times that you know I go to a, a hangout with friends or relatives, and Clara or Owen don't want to hang out with the kid that they're expected to hang out mm-hmm. with at that thing, and I. I always have to find that balance between, you know, maybe taking them aside and saying, I know like this isn't really your bag, but they're older. So I can do this and say, but could you just, you know, do like a half hour, do an hour and then we'll, we'll make it an early night. And that's a lot easier to do in those, you know, those like relatively short lived gatherings. It's a lot harder. And I think I remember just doing a lot of like, I don't want to say ignoring. That's not the right word, but like, what are you supposed to do about it? You well, I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think when when you have a baby or a toddler who doesn't want to go sit on their aunt or uncle's lap, I don't think you make yeah. them number one. I don't right. I think no, you I have think to. So I think you have to respect the baby. But one thing I think you can do is like if let's say there's a grandma or a great grandma who's really excited to spend time with these kids and the kids are not giving her the time of day, either because they're feeling shy or yeah. just whatever. I think you can um, do things that sort of like <laughs> help bridge the gap. Like maybe there's an activity that that toddler really wants to do, like yeah. decorate a gingerbread house. And it's just enough to be like, hey, why don't the two of you right. unbox this gingerbread house that I bought? Like give yep. them, you can, I think there are things you can do to help things along. Um, but I would stop short of telling a little kid that Me they too. that they need to, you know, whatever. Well, and and I think with lap. with little ones, I think what you can also provide is proximity. So maybe yeah. the baby's not going to get off your lap, but you can sit with the baby on your lap by grandma, and yeah. the baby can play pukaboo or whatever. Exactly, it is and you know doing you know what's going to make the baby laugh and giggle and right. do all of their cute tricks. So then you can sort of bring grandma in at a at a place that's comfortable for you. But I guess the point here is, don't be surprised. If your kids are not as excited to see their great grandparents as you are to introduce them to them. Does that make sense? No, totally. Kids don't care. The babies don't care. And that can feel disappointing to either side. Yeah. Um, But it's just normal. And I think you've you've got to protect those little, the babies and toddlers from feeling too much pressure there. Yeah, pressure or overwhelm and their autonomy is important too. Um, I also, we did brush on, brush up against big kids. And I think this also relates to the um, manners talked about before. I just want to give a shout out and I don't have any memory of when we did this, but we did an episode about gratitude. Yep. I think it was two years ago, but yeah. We're coming into the time of year where that can be seen as a manners or a behavior issue Mm -hmm. um, or can just be like an example of a three-year-old not giving grandma what she wants, which is a thank you (laughs) when he opens the gift that he doesn't doesn't want or isn't interested in. So I think we should definitely uh, maybe put a link to that episode yeah. in because we really dug in on like how when kids don't want to say thank you, right. they're not grateful for what they got. And we're kind of coming into that time of year yep. where that's going to be that that can feel like a lot of pressure. It, it, oh, there's so much pressure. Oh, so, so much, much pressure. pressure. Why? Um, <sighs> OK, so what about like we talked about? What do you 
do you have some tips for when you feel like just your parenting is on display? Everybody's watching you. Yeah. Well, and I, I think I kind of um, teased this earlier, but I think it's okay. Like to do a lot of that parenting away from the group. I don't think you have to feel, um, you don't have to feel pressured to deal with everything right as it's happening. I think mm-hmm. that you can take a, a child out of the room, take them into a quiet place and talk things over. And I'm not going to say compromise or bribe because I don't think that you should change your style or rules or values or anything like that just because you're in front of other people. But I do think there can be this like we're in it together kind mm-hmm. of feeling like I know like this is tough. Um, you're tired mm-hmm. or you're around kids you don't know or you have to share your toys or you're having to share other people's toys or whatever it is. How let's strategize this together, especially for kids who are maybe like four and up. I yeah. think that you can make a long way mm-hmm. if you remove them from remove them from the scenario, then you feel better mm-hmm. too, because you can have that calm conversation. Maybe you, you know, maybe you've got a, an in-law or an old, an elderly relative who's muttering about how when they were little, you know, they would have gotten spanked if they behaved yeah. that way. And <laughs> that puts so much pressure on you. I think whatever you can do to remove the pressure yeah, and not feel like you have to do something in front of everyone mm-hmm. to prove that you can parent your kid. I, I would also like to offer that as many judging relatives as you might be surrounded with or you think you're surrounded with, there are probably also fellow moms, fellow dads, and people who are like, oh, man, I remember yeah. that. Like, you're doing a great job. You're right. So and don't they might assume, not say anything. <laughs> and don't assume that everybody's judging in the negative way. You very, right. mal- you very well may be actually setting a great example of parenting. It just happens to be public and it looks really hard. But you, right. you probably have some people around you who are like, Man, she's really got it together. So yep. don't forget that as well. Um, the other thing I was going to say when you're talking about like four-year-olds is I'm a big fan of setting expectations ahead of time and, yeah. you know, picking those couple of hills that you're willing to die on and then letting yep. everything else be the kid's choice. So like, okay, tonight we are going to sit together at the table all together. That's important to mommy and daddy. It's important to grandma and grandpa. I expect you to sit there for this many minutes. And I also need you to wear this shirt. Other than that, we're going to have treats. You get to watch a movie. You could play on my phone while the grownups have happy hour. Like what, you know what I mean? Like, just remember, like, it's a lot for the kid and we, we have our vacation. It's vacation. So like, (laughs) make sure that you know, and the kid knows the things that are non-negotiable and then let the rest go. Yeah, I, I agree. And when you said that, something that popped into my head is like, I think like if it's a special time, it should be special for the kids too. And it's like almost unfair to expect them to plug along just the way they would at home. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) While we're getting to have a break and like a totally different experience. Like it almost, it's not only unfair, but it's unrealistic. Yeah. It is vacation. I like that idea of sticking to a couple of things, but letting everything else go. Um, Something else I wanted to bring up and this, this can happen so easily, even with the best of intentions, but that is, uh, looking forward to things and thinking they're going to be really fun and meaningful and then realizing when they start to happen that yeah. like your kids are either too young or it's too late or it's just not going to be what you thought. Or the other side of that is a relative may have planned something that, you know, whether it's a visit to Santa or a dinner out at a restaurant or something that like, let's all go to church together. Let's go have family f- pictures taken. It's like all these things on paper are like seem normal and then you get into them with a bunch of little kids and yeah. you realize like, oh my gosh, whose idea was this? This is a terrible right. idea. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know other than like we've all been there um, and you just get better at at kind of anticipating that kind of stuff ahead of time. I would just say that don't be afraid to assert yourself if you know something's going to go south. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, don't be afraid to say, hey, I think we'd like to take a separate car because we might have to yes. leave early. Oh, or, totally. You know, yep. like figure out like how where's the place where you can accommodate the group and the meaningful activity but also protect your own sanity and your own family's well-being. And usually yeah. there is a middle place. It just usually you have to it's try it's um learned by doing. Like you have to yeah. ha- be burned a couple of times, I guess. Sarah, I want to like back up to the thing we like something that we also kind of mentioned or teased in the first half of the show, yeah. which is how much of this mental load yes, seems to please. fall on mom. The mental and emotional load of all of it. All right. Of let's it. just first of all, let's just validate that you guys that is a thing. It is it is <laughs> There is nobody who has thought of all the things even close to the amount that you have. And even if right. all you're doing is driving across town f- for one Thanksgiving dinner, right. like even if it's not nobody else, is, you did it. Like, yeah. OK, I do have one kind of practical tip, and that's this is when we travel. So the packing tends to be me and the like thinking of bringing all the things and who's going to wear what and when, especially if we're dressing up. So one thing I do, I've always done this with my husband and now that the kids are getting older, I do it with them is I kind of oversee the unpacking process, but then I make sure everybody knows where, where things go and where things are in wherever we're staying, whether it's a hotel or a a family's house so that I'm not the only one who knows like, okay, the baby woke up with a fever. Did I bring Tylenol? Where is it? Where's the, where are the formal shoes for this night? And so I, I do, I give a little, like, let's walk through my systems and everyone join me in knowing where things are. So I don't have to be the one that always knows. Well, I love that because, you know, it's a real bummer to be like, um, baby needs Tylenol yeah. because she's running a fever or something. And I'm the only one who yes. knows where to find it. It's a real, it puts so much pressure on it's you. It's like a handicap to be the yeah. only one who knows. And I would say the same thing for the schedule. If we are, yeah. if, if there's a, like a, like at a wedding, I'm thinking, or something like that, where there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. I don't like to be the only one who knows the schedule because it puts yeah. an undue, um, it's like, it's too much work. I mean, we need to all share in the like the cruise ship directing of this. Um, and sometimes yes. we do that to themselves. Som- sometimes we do it to ourselves, excuse me. Yeah. And I do it to myself. So I've gotten better about bringing my spouse into that and saying like, okay, let me let me show you kind of what I want for the next couple of days. Here's where the kids' outfits are. Like here's, like, here's where I think we should keep the whatever. And that way somebody else is in your head with you, which is always better. Yeah, I totally agree. And I want to address the, now that you're mentioning um, things that we do to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Um, sort of the emotional side of that as well. And one of those things is I remember feeling like I had to be the one, the, the public face of our family at yeah. all times, at every gathering we were at ever. So that it didn't matter if it was my family, his family, blah, blah, Interesting. blah. I felt like I had to be like almost the family representative mm-hmm. for the, what was it in, uh, not the tribute, like the, the tribute? delegate, the delegate. Yes. The delegate. So <laughs> What I would find myself doing is getting really overwhelmed. And sometimes you can use your baby as an excuse, like we uh-huh. talked about before. If you have a baby and you can conveniently retreat into a back room to yeah. nurse them forever for the rest of the day, <laughs> for 12 that's hours. great. But I also want to just point out that dad doesn't get to be the only one who ha- has to escape sometimes Yeah, to the store. Yeah. Gas. Dads are fantastic. Yeah. At, you know, coming up with reasons to leave. Yeah. And I know for myself, it just never occurred to me to do that. And then I would get kind of resentful because I'd get stuck, like talking to family members. I didn't right. really necessarily want to sit there and talk to the right. whole time or whatever it was. Um, It's okay for you to do that too. Like it's yeah. okay for you to come up with the reason to run to the store. Yes. No, I, to- <laughs> I totally agree. I think, I think it was our newsletter essay in the summer. I wrote about how um, for so long on summer vacations, my entire job had been making sure 
just that everything was functioning. And then I got to this point where like the kids were pretty self-sufficient and they didn't like, my kids slept so poorly on vacation for so long, Megan, that I don't ever, I don't remember any vacations because even if they slept well at home, we just never, ever slept when we were anywhere else for so long. So anyway, finally, I realized like this last summer, like I need to learn relearn how to enjoy myself on vacation. And I wrote more about summer stuff. Like that's right. I could actually go out on a paddleboard, but I had to like, I actually had to like tell myself, like, there's no one to nurse. There's no, there's no Mm -hmm. one who needs to nap. You don't have to stay in the car with anybody. (laughs) Like you can go do this stuff. So I don't know. I think that's, that was a little like a digression, but um, no, but it all you fits lose in. I mean, it's, it. You yeah. lose that because it's habit for so long and then you kind of have to reclaim it. And probably I could have reclaimed it in small ways sooner than I did. Well, we've talked about we've talked about um, not having to do with traveling to visit people, but we've talked about how easy it is to become so ingrained in being the one who's yeah. always on guard, the one who's always in charge, the one who's always at home that you forget how to do things for yourself. Like and you other forget. people then you've trained other people so that they right. then only know to look to you. Yeah. Like I had a, you know, and this has nothing to do with family vacations, but like, you know, I've been doing a lot of kayaking over the last like four or five months. Mm -hmm. It was like a re I had to retrain myself that it was okay for me, even on a day, I don't even have kids in the house to like go out on a boat by myself (laughs) because that's the kind of thing that would have been a family activity that I would have had to organize. Mm -hmm. And like it, it felt weird Mm -hmm. the first few times I did it by myself. So, you know, if the sooner you can start doing things like asserting that, I don't know, that independence and like just that little bit of like, I'm still a person here. Yeah. I can still say, hey, uh, husband or partner mm-hmm. or whoever, or mom, if you, if you don't have a partner or they're not there, um, can you keep an eye on the kids for a few minutes? I got to run to the store. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to explain it. Like probably no one cares. Yeah. But just getting out, like I'm going to run and grab a coffee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is. I think there's a lot. We did a co- episode on co-parenting recently. And if you are co-parenting with a spouse and you do the whole like your family, his family thing, mm-hmm. I think that is like that's a whole other topic. But one thing I think Brian and I have gotten pretty good about over the years is like if we're with my family, I think he probably steps up slightly more than 50 percent when it comes to like mm-hmm. letting me sit and have a glass of wine and play cards with my dad. And he'll right settle the the sibling squabble that's going on in the next room or he'll go put on the movie and vice versa when we're with his yeah. family or family friends I do feel like I step up or his mom was just out visiting and like I step up and I do a little bit more of the background it's maybe stuff. like 55 to 60 yeah like yeah, we, but it it's makes definitely not it's definitely not 90 10 but it's enough right. so it's like it's a little bit of an acknowledgement like you be with your people and I'll be I'll be on duty for a little bit and sometimes that happens through tough conversations if you don't feel like that share is where it should be, then, then it requires probably some conversations. But I feel like ours has just sort of settled into this place where I can tell when he's giving me just a little bit of extra time. Cause it's yeah. my family, you know, and, right. and I try and do the same. So, yeah, well, did we cover, we covered a lot. I think we did. Guys, we have done so much holiday content that kind of overlaps a lot of, yes. we've never done this specifically, but I will just link up everything in the show notes. Um, but there is so much. We've answered listener questions about this kind of thing. And we're still relatively in early in the holiday season. So if you have a very like a real specific holiday related listener question, send it to us now because we will do a we always do a holiday themed listener question. So send it to us now. You can just email hello at the record your voice and send it to us or just email it to us. Um, so I wanted to put that out there before. Yeah, we that's a great up. idea because we really have covered everything. I can't believe we didn't already cover this. It was actually a big I mean, surprise to me. Yeah. Like, I feel <laughs> this like might be it. this might be the last thing we haven't covered, but we'll come up with more stuff. We'll have we, to find, we, can, we can't quit now. So we got to keep finding new things. 
Okay, so before we wrap, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Spangler Science Club. Um, We've been having a lot of fun with their science kits, and you'll be hearing more about them this month. But we got to try out the November and December STEM Lab kits this week and are really enjoying them. We've I did mine with Clara and her cousins. And Sarah, your whole family did yours, right? Yeah, it was the younger two that younger just happened to, to do it. And I did a fun little Instagram story that you guys might have seen. So we will link up Spangler in our show notes as well so you can continue to check them out. And Megan, that's it for this week. That's we'll talk it. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time. Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get the essential calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour.